Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. You are seeing Rose, an 81-year-old female, for the first time. Her longtime PCP has recently retired. Her problem list includes hypertension, hyperlipidemia, adult-onset diabetes, incontinence, osteoporosis, and osteoarthritis. She's also being treated for anxiety and depression. She thanks you for taking her on as a new patient and states that she hopes you're as good as Dr. Smith was, who's cared for her for the last 30 years. Rose lives alone and tends to be lonely, but overall feels okay and needs refills on her meds. A quick look at her med list reveals that she's on 12 medications, and you wonder if all of these are necessary, but you're hesitant to make a change. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning to discuss um, polypharmacy in seniors is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and chair in the Department of Family Medicine Bay State at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Frank. Boy, uh, many patients are like Rose. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about how many medications um, all patients are on, but in particular, those who are most vulnerable. Can you describe a little bit about what polypharmacy is and how many people it tends to affect? Yes, this is really a great topic. And so there's really no formal definition of polypharmacy, uh, but most studies consider when they look at this, taking five medications or more per day. But I think what brings this to our attention is the Lown Institute, which is a think tank here out of Boston. It looks a lot of these just published in a, a, a treatise here recently with a, uh, talking about medication overload as America's other drug problem. And they talk about this concept of medication overload, which I hadn't heard before. And that is where you're taking multiple medications. And as you look at it, the uh, concern is that the side effects are outweighing the benefit because of the polypharmacy uh, component uh, to this. They noted that 20 million older adults in the United States are uh, suffering from polypharmacy uh, uh, with this, and that 67% of older adults take five or more medications per day. And they noted that there's been some serious drug side effects with hospitalizations and a cost of $3.8 billion. Wow, think about that. So 67% of older adults take five or more meds. That's, that's remarkable. Um, what kind of complications are we seeing besides that ridiculous cost? Yeah, so that ridiculous cost here, if you just break it down a little bit, ended up people coming in with adverse drug effects, 4.8 million outpatient visits, 660,000 emergency department visits, and 9,000 deaths. Wow. So the things we think about are often right uh, bleeding uh, as uh, bleeding and, and often cardiac arrhythmias uh, that are being caused by these things, but more often though elderly are developing problems, you know, confusion, dizziness with subsequent falls, sure. fractured hips, head injuries, trouble with sleeping, and incontinence are other common things that are that are seen. All right, this this I I, I can identify this with our patients very very clearly. Um, why do you think? How did we get here? How did we get to such a large percentage of seniors being on so many medications? Well, it's not surprising to me, and I've often referred to the U.S. here as medication uh, nation, uh, but the Lan Institute, uh, they, they highlight this. They talk about a culture of prescribing here over the last two decades because of the advertising that's been out there. The idea, the advertising links medications 
to happiness and health, right? And also the things happen is we've medicalized normal aging. And a lot of these things are, are there that there's gonna be a, a, a pill for that as part of it. Of course, we're all, medical practice has gotten busier and busier, so it's harder to sometimes spend the time thinking about this. But there's a sense we have to do something for people. We have to do something for families. We have to do something for our patients. And what do we have to do? Prescribe a medication. There's a pill for every ill. Wow. Um, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I've fallen myself into that, into that habit. Um, what do we do for Rose today? I mean, the poor woman is taking 12 pills a day. I, I believe I read a statistic that any patient taking four more meds has definitely already had a drug-drug interaction. It's almost impossible not to ha that to happen. I can only imagine for 12. How do we decide what to cut or how do we go about that process in, the, in her care? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, oftentimes with somebody like this, the other part uh, that, that's going on here is the fragmented medical care we have today with people seeing multi-specialists or being hospitalized and they get out of the hospital and the hospitalist has added medications onto stuff that's been there before. So I see somebody like this, I often start with them asking them about how are they tolerating their medications? Do they have any that are getting side effects from or feel that they're bothering them in some fashion. Uh, and it always brings up something. There's always at least one medication that a patient wonders do they really need that for whatever reason doesn't seem to agree with them or they're having trouble affording. And so I usually start there looking with that medication and say, yeah, you know, who started that for you? Why do you want it? And, and oftentimes I feel that they can come off of that medication. And so again, this is, I call it shared decision-making, working with the patient. I say, well, let's give it a try. How about we wean you off of that or outright stop it and reassure them I'm gonna be there for them because people are worried if you stop something, you're gonna have an untoward effect as opposed to realizing you may have a toward effect. You may have a beneficial, effect, a beneficial sure. effect. And so um, I usually will see them uh, three, four weeks later to say we're going to monitor a lab result or something and see how you're doing and work with them over time. But talk with them at the beginning that, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of good data out there to say that being on 12 medications is beneficial for you. A lot of these medications you definitely need to be on. We're not going to take those away, but let's look at some of these around the app where maybe the benefit doesn't really outweigh the uh, side effects and cost. I look at Rose, she's 81. The first class of drugs I think of are, are lipid agents, where we have pretty good data that said if you haven't had a cardiac event by 75, being on a lipid agent doesn't necessarily improve your risk. So you can tell patients, look, we can stop this class of drug. You may still have a heart attack or stroke, but taking this pill wasn't going to prevent that. And maybe I'll stop it slowly. And um, I, I've, I've had most patients buy into that. Uh, the other class of drugs that I've learned is she's got adult onset diabetes is I become much less aggressive. Oh, absolutely. The other thing, Frank, I don't want to diminish the idea that even though she's 81 years old, I still counsel in lifestyle changes and diet. There's no reason, this, this, she should be walking every day. She should be getting some light weights and doing some of those exercises. She should be on a DASH diet. And I, I constantly emphasize those things with ever who I'm talking with, uh, with as well. And the other thing I just want to come back on, some of the things, if you look about uh, these guidelines that are out there, they're all step therapy. There's never a guideline that says, well, if it didn't work, stop it. Use right. this instead. Right, they just add something on. When you mentioned the diabetics, we're seeing that happening all the time now where we're doing more and more step therapy. So can we step backwards with some of this? Interestingly enough, there was just a recent study here about the, the prescribing cascade where people are prescribing, uh, th that study was in the uh, JAMA about people being on calcium channel blockers, developing peripheral edema, being putting on a diuretic now. So oftentimes we're prescribing medications to treat a side effect of another medication. Looking at those things with a really uh, doesn't take that long, and I think we can do a lot of benefit for our patients by being more cognizant and aware of the problem 
uh, that's out there. I think Rose can answer the question, yes, she's really lucky to have you as her new doctor. Thanks for coming today, Bob. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer, work closely with your patients who are taking five or more medications to reduce the number so that they get benefit when it's available and you can eliminate those that might have negative consequences. Join us next time when we talk about the optimal management of osteoarthritis of the knee. It's not what you think. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.